Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Did you know that sometimes the devil tells the truth? Now, he usually never tells the whole truth, and he usually tries to pervert it with some uh, mixture of error. But every now and then, the devil will have to just agree and confess that something is true. You see that on occasion in our Lord Jesus' earthly ministry when he has encounters with demons, with devils, who had to acknowledge exactly who he was. And the same thing happens in Acts chapter number 16 when Paul and his missionary friends are going about their work in Philippi. When we left them in this story, they had had a a wonderful prayer meeting by Riverside. A woman named Lydia had trusted Christ as her Savior. She invited them to stay in her home. Her family radically changed. There's good things going on. They get up, and they're headed to the temple for the hour of prayer, continuing to pray, you see. And as they go, suddenly a demon-possessed girl begins to follow them. They know she's demon-possessed uh, because she is, she's mocking them. Now, the words she is speaking, they're true, truthful words, uh, but she's fighting against them. She's no follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. She's fighting against Christ. Uh, listen to the story. The Bible says in verse number 16 of Acts 16, It came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now, just three verses, just a little snapshot of this interesting incident, and there's a great deal of truth wrapped up in it. For example, in verse 16, you see that this this devil power, this false religion, was being used for material gain. Well, we see a lot of that in the world today, don't we? Uh, Simply making people richer and yet sending people to hell, uh, lining the pockets and the bank accounts of individuals who just want to make merchandise of the people and yet making spiritual paupers out of those that are under their influence. In verse number 17, uh, what she says, what the devil says through her is fascinating to me. Why would, why would the devil want to say, these men are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation? Frankly, I think it was to heap more persecution on them. Uh, the idea here is taunting them and identifying them drawing attention to them. They're trying to go about their work, seeking out divine appointments, speaking to individuals like Lydia. And I have no doubt the devil was trying to stir the pot and create chaos and bring conflict for them. And so after several days of this, in verse number 18, Paul, in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, cast the devil out of this girl. And I love this statement, he came out the same hour. Can I just remind you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But I want to pause for a moment today 
And just draw your attention to something that the devil had to confess. Because the Bible says these men, who were the servants of the Most High God, were showing to people, and this is the wording used in Acts 16, 17, the way of salvation. The way. The, the word that is most used in our world today to identify followers of Christ is the word Christian. And we could argue whether that's the best word or not. Remember, Christ, the believers were called Christians first at Antioch in Syria back in chapter number 11. And uh, it was a term of derision, the followers of Christ. But it might interest you to know that prior to that, throughout the book of Acts, the followers of Christ were called people of the way. For example, do you remember back in Acts chapter 9 when Saul was getting letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem, people of the way. Uh, if I had time, I would walk you through chapter 18, chapter 19, uh, chapter 22, chapter 24. There's multiple references. You can find them right in the book of Acts to the way, the way, the way, the way, the way. Now, why is that important? And this is really important. Not a way, the way, the definite, the singular. Well, doesn't that sound a lot like what Jesus said? John chapter 14, verse number 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, these first followers of Christ were identified by a teaching, a doctrine, a belief system that simply stated that there was only one true way to know God, only one way to have your sins forgiven, only one way to have eternal life, only one way, and that was Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, we're living in a world right now where people want to talk about many ways to God, and they're content with you saying you have a way. Just don't say it's the way. But I want you to know those who know the gospel and know God have always been people of the way. And our job is exactly the same as Paul's job, to show to this world the way of salvation. Let me give you just a handful of observations. The, the first is this, that the way is a person, not a plan, not a program. People don't need seven steps. Uh, they don't need uh, some formula. They need to know the person of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning, he came preaching about the way. Read his first sermon, Matthew chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount, where he talks about the, the straight way, the narrow gate uh, that leads to everlasting life. Jesus Christ is the way. All other relig religious leaders point to some way, but Jesus points to himself. So the way of salvation first is a person. The second thing I would remind you is that the way leads to a place. What is a way? It's a path. Uh, it is a, a path that leads somewhere. Direction determines destination. And so where does this way go to? It leads into the presence of God forever. That's why Jesus talked about himself being the way in the passage that said, I'm going to my Father's house. I'm making a way for you to go to the Father's house. Let me ask you a question. If you follow the way you're on right now, where will it lead? Go all the way to the end. Where will it lead? There's a, there's a bridge in the San Gabriel Mountains of California that was built in 1936. And when it was built, they had the best of intentions of connecting uh, two towns together. And they built a beautiful bridge. It's beautiful to look at. Lots of activity was done there. Do you know what they call it now? The bridge to nowhere. It never connected anything. 
Friend, religion without Jesus, good works, human effort without Jesus is a bridge to nowhere. Only the way of salvation can truly lead you to the place where God is, to the place we call heaven for all eternity. And then I'll remind you in the context that the way is not only a person, and the way not only leads to a place, but the way will always bring persecution. People say, you think your way is the only right way? No, but I believe God's way is the only right way. And our job is simply to present the way. The Bible, God's word, is the signpost that reveals the way. And what are believers? Believers are to stand along the road of life and point the way to other fellow travelers and say to every person they can, Jesus Christ is the way. Friend, don't just get on the path. Get on the path and then take someone with you on the journey. Encourage others uh, to, to follow you and you lead them to Jesus Christ. People say today they're trying to find the way. That's the problem. Others say, well, that way works for you, but not for me. No, no, it's not my way or your way. It is God's way, and Christ is God's way. I'm glad someone showed me the way of salvation. By God's grace, I want to show it to others today. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.